Hello, I'm Gavin Givanoni, and I'm doing this short MSLV podcast to raise an issue that I think is under-investigated in people with multiple sclerosis. Um, last week, I actually had a webinar where I saw some um, data from NHS England uh, on the causes of unplanned or emergency hospital admissions for people with multiple sclerosis in our five hospitals that constitute Bart's Health NHS Trust. And I was quite surprised because uh, the top of the list were gastrointestinal problems uh, with fecal impaction being the most likely culprit. Um, in the past, at the top of the list used to be you know, urine tract infections, chest infections, falls and fractures. I think this is the first time in the last 12 months that I've seen uh, gastrointestinal problems being the number one cause of uh, hospital admissions. Now, this is a tragedy because fecal impaction is preventable and potentially has quite serious knock-on consequences for people with MS that go beyond simply constipation and fecal impaction. Um, One of the things that does surprise me that whenever I do a clinic and I see a new patient or even a follow-up patient, how people just normalize living with chronic constipation. In other words, it's part of the new normal that MS appears to establish in people with the disease. And this is really something you should push back on. You know, ideally, people with multiple sclerosis should have a daily bowel action or at least three or four times a week every second day. Anything less than this, and you may be putting yourself at risk of complications from poor gut hygiene or poor gut health. And so this is the concept I want to get across in terms of the holistic management of MS. You really do need to pay attention to how well your bowels are working. Now, I have written about this in the past, and I would suggest you um, go back and read the two newsletters, Intermittent Diarrhea and MS, that was from uh, November 2021, and then one on fecal incontinence from August 2021. That basically goes through um, how we manage chronic constipation in people with multiple sclerosis. But an issue that has emerged, um, and it's not really well known in the MS space, is this condition called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And this occurs when the bacterial content of the small intestine goes above normal values. Generally speaking, the small intestine has very few bacteria. And there's this oldish study now that came from China that showed almost 40% of people with MS had small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And, you know, when people have gastrointestinal symptoms, dyspepsia, bloating, etc., and you actually do the tests, about a third often have evidence of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, And this is uh, much more common in people who smoke, people who complain of bloating, abdominal pain, and people who present with anemia. Um, uh, A very common cause or risk factor for this is the so-called proton pump inhibitors. These are drugs like omeprazole, and lansoprazole, these are drugs that reduce your acid production in the stomach, maybe because you have reflux esophagitis or some other symptoms. And because the acid environment in the stomach is meant to kill bacteria, what happens is your small intestine becomes colonized. So you've got to be aware that the risk of uh, small bowel, small intestine bacterial overgrowth increases with age, and it's not linked to gender or race that we're aware of. Uh, and it's strongly associated with non-specific symptoms, things that are labeled as dyspepsia, irritable bowel syndrome, people with abdominal bloating, functional constipation that occurs in MS, people who have intermittent diarrhea, and people who have fecal impaction. 
So um, the important thing is that this condition is associated with slowdown in your bacterial transport time, which gives the bacteria a chance to overgrow. And what you've got to realize is regular bowel actions actually clears your bacteria from the small intestine. Um, and the slowdown is almost universal in MS because we know multiple sclerosis does affect bowel function. And uh, the most common thing is not a blockage, just their hypermotility. In other words, the transit through the bacteria, the bowel is much slower. So to diagnose this condition, the commonest test is a breath test. You, you drink a small amount of glucose and water, and then you breathe into this bag. And if you pick up hydrogen or methane, which are products that are made by bacteria, it, that tells you that there's bacterial overgrowth. Now, the breath tests are not 100% specific or sensitive, and the gold standard is actually to have endoscopy, where you actually have a, uh, an endoscope put into your small intestine, into the upper duodenum or jejunum, which is the top part of the intestine, and a fluid is taken off and sent to the laboratory and it gets cultured. <coughs> um, other tests that may be helpful is abdominal x-rays, CT scans, or just examining the abdomen, and I often diagnose it by looking at MRIs of the spine in people with multiple sclerosis, and you can see you get the abdomen, you can often see mac, uh, a lot of constipation. And to be honest with you, MRI evidence of constipation is extremely common uh, in people with multiple sclerosis. It's just because constipation is a common, common problem. Now, to treat this condition, um, obviously you have to manage the underlying bowel problem. So you, we use these things called prokinetic agents. We use osmotic agents. That, prokinetic means it's agents that stimulate the bowel to work. And we, we also use bulking agents. We also use drugs like lactulose to maintain fluid or polyethylene glycol to maintain fluid to keep the stool liquid. Um, and, but you also may require antibiotics to uh, kill the bacteria. Now, antibiotics are not ideal long-term because they not only hit bad bacteria, they also hit good bacteria. And so, the, so they, there are negative consequences to antibiotic therapy. And this is why we have to treat the underlying condition and prevent this from occurring. Um, and an important part of treating small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is to start the gut health program. This is why you have to optimize your nutrition, make sure you're getting enough fiber. And for this, you may need to change your diet and you may need to do it in collaboration with a dietitian. And sometimes the dietitian may pull out that your diet's so bad that you need supplements. And I, I think this is a particularly relevant if you're a vegan. Uh, vegan diets are deficient in quite a lot of nutrients, and so you, almost all vegans have to take supplements, to, uh, particularly iron and vitamin B12. They may need selenium, zinc, vitamin D supplements as well, and occasionally they may need essential fatty acids. So please, you, as part of your gut health program, you may need help, either from your MS team, your family doctor, or preferably from a nutritionist or a dietitian. Now, one of the problems about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is the bacteria make toxins and they produce metabolites that can damage the intestinal surface or the mucosa. And this can cause a leaky gut syndrome, which is a very controversial entity. Um, in the medical profession, we haven't really accepted leaky gut syndrome as a definite diagnosis, but um, it's out there on social media. 
but one of the things may also happen is when you damage the lining of that, you may get an acquired lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance means you can't break down lactose because the enzyme lactase, which is produced as part of our digestive enzymes that on the surface of the intestinal membrane, gets gets damaged. And that means whenever you have um, milk or dairy products that has lactose, you develop um, diarrhea, bloating uh, and you feel a bit nauseous after eating uh, uh, or drinking milk. You, most people who have lactose intolerance or acquired lactose intolerance are pretty quick at learning to avoid lactose-containing products uh, or they have to take lactase preparations to help digest the lactose. Please note yogurts and cheese are generally fine because when you ferment those milk products to create cheeses and yogurts, you destroy the lactose. So most people get away with fermented dairy products. It's the unfermented dairy products that are a problem. Now, the other thing about bacterial overgrowth is a lot of the products that bacteria produce, and they produce incredible amount of metabolites, may impact human metabolism and behavior. And this is the big theory around why the microbiome is so important for general health. And we see it in, in general medicine. You know, if somebody's got a, a liver disease and they can't break down these bacterial toxins and you often get um, cirrhosis of the liver where the actual blood from the intestine doesn't go through the liver, it bypasses it. There's a thing called a shunt. Uh, they get encephalopathic. These toxins go to the brain and cause them to become encephalopathic. I've actually seen it in neurology not so much in MS, I've seen it in other neurological conditions, particularly dementias and Parkinson's disease, where there isn't liver damage, but they have sufficient bacterial toxins in their blood to develop intermittent confusion. And I think it's the reason for that is, is that the, the damaged brain that has reduced reserve is much more susceptible to these toxins. And something that happens quite commonly in people with advanced Parkinson's disease. And there is another way of diagnosing that. You actually send a plasma or blood sample off to the laboratory and you can actually look for the uh, abnormal amino acids that come from bacteria that are not part of human metabolism. So you can actually diagnose this condition, um, which is a form of hepatic encephalopathy by doing a plasma uh, test, blood test as well. Um, now, why we think this is important is some of these bacterial toxins, particularly a drug, particularly a lipid called lipopolysaccharide, it's a lipopolysaccharide, um, stimulates the innate immune system in the brain and actually upregulates innate immunity. And this may make or exacerbate MS symptoms and it can actually potentially drive uh, worsening of MS uh, over time. And so this is why I think you have to treat chronic constipation and and small bowel bacterial overload as a form of chronic infection. And part of our holistic management of MS is just to try and prevent this from happening. So that needs to be treated. Anyway, I, I don't know how aware you are of this condition, so I would just like to know or get a sense check of the awareness of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth um, in the MS community. And if any of you have been diagnosed with it on treatment, uh, and if you have been on treatment, how you've done. So I've got a short online survey for that. But please, if in parallel, please feel free to share your experiences of this condition and the effect that treating it has had on your MS symptoms, uh, just so we can see what type of uh, awareness um, uh, of another problem that people with multiple sclerosis are at risk of getting. And this is directly related to having MS. MS causes the 
bowel hypermotility causes the chronic constipation, causes the small small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So this is something else that needs to be considered in your general you know review. Um, anyway, listen or read this, share it if you feel it's helpful, and let's uh, get some feedback about common it is. And uh, just like another nudge, um, I'd just like to remind you, if you find these MSLV newsletters helpful and you want to uh, help support the initiative, please become a paying uh, subscriber. I don't want people to subscribe who can't afford to and who don't think these are valuable. This is only if you find this valuable. And all the um, money raised is going towards supporting the development of the MS microsite. Uh, um, I'm, you know, hire a, I'm paying for a, um, a professional writer and a website developer to maintain that. And I might be uh, using some of the resources to support a social media campaign um, to spread the, uh, uh, to spread or at least make more people the MS aware of the MS microsite. Thank you.